what a week. As Linda has said, um, what a week. I wonder how you're praying this morning. And I promised you at the start of this series that I wouldn't touch on anything uh, party political, and I'm going to honour my promise. But I know there will be people praying um, all manner of prayers this week, and, and I join them. So last week we began our new series looking at politics and political issues. Last week was frustratingly the only reflection in this series, perhaps poor timing on my part, uh, which came before we got to vote. Um, So in five years' time I've made a note in my diary that if we do a similar series we will start earlier. Um, But last week um, we started this new series. And however you feel about the results of the general election, there is no doubt that the policies of any government influence the day-to-day lives of people living in this country. It's one of the things that, if I can give a slight irritation, when people are apathetic towards politics and say that it has no influence on their lives, you're simply wrong. (laughs) It influences every part of our lives in every conceivable way. And that's why being involved as Christian people in the political system is is actually really important. Because if no one will be for Jesus in the political sphere in public life, um, then then there's, there's, there's a significant voice missing there. So how do we as Christians, as followers of Jesus, engage in political issues? And how can we be a prophetic voice like Isaiah for God's concern for his people and creation? So last week I attempted to give you some hope by looking at Christ's government and sharing from the book of Revelation that above the turmoil and brokenness of this world, there is a king on a throne, and that king is Jesus. And we explored how Christ's government was one of glory, promise, inclusion, power, light, peace and holiness. And in this government, in Jesus' government, we can trust and be confident. This morning we're going to explore the issue of poverty. And we do this because part of the love that God has for us is connected into the issue of justice, that desire we read of in Isaiah for all to flourish under God. And so as Stuart read to us, the fast that God desires is to loose the bonds of injustice, to bring the homeless into our homes, to clothe the naked, (coughs) to feed the hungry. Then God's light will shine out like the dawn. So let's double back right to the beginning of all things, to the way in which God created the world and in God's love and justice meant the world to be. Understanding hope of the God's love and justice all starts in the Garden of Eden and with a God who provides. In fact, the Lord will provide is one of the Hebrew names we have in scriptures for God. Uh, forgive my pronunciation, but Yahweh Yura. So let's look at God's provision for Adam and for Eve in Genesis chapter 2. Can you spot poverty in the Garden of Eden where God created all things to support life and to enable it to flourish? Can you spot the poverty in that garden, in that paradise? Can you spot a lack of provision for creation 
and God's people. I can't. And yet we do see poverty around us. We see it in our community just as much as we see it uh, nationally. And these are just some of the issues uh, around the issue of poverty being faced in our time. Number one, uh, particularly for us here in Camborne with a young community, families with children are now at greater risk than any other group of having uh, having an inadequate income for an acceptable standard of living. Two, more people are in work, but many are still paid less than living wages. Three, the poorest in our society spend a larger share of their income on housing than the wealthiest. And you can see in these examples about low pay, tight family budgets and the affordability of housing that we're a long way from God's vision of creation in the Garden of Eden and its story of provision for creation and God's people. So going back to our reading from Isaiah, we see that these issues of injustice, poverty, uh, food poverty, homelessness and housing were issues that God through the prophet Isaiah was speaking into long ago. So let's move forward from Isaiah to Jesus. As we look into the gospel stories, we see two dimensions emerging. Firstly, spiritual poverty. That is, people who were living outside of a relationship with God, people who were searching for a deeper meaning to their lives, something to understand the meaning and purpose of life through. And we see through the gospel stories people encountering life in Jesus Christ. Jesus came and gave us love, grace and acceptance. And on the cross he brought for us forgiveness. Jesus came and promised us his Holy Spirit who would both reveal and lead us into all truth. And so our souls are catered for. However, Jesus' mission in the Gospels also reveals people who may have been spiritually poor as well, but were certainly socially or materially poor. And alongside them, Jesus came. In fact, remember how Jesus came into this world. He was born into a situation marked and characterised by poverty. The accommodation in which he was born would not have passed any modern housing standards. And yet God in Jesus was born into that stable environment, where only the bare essentials would probably have been available to him. And some of the first witnesses um, to the miracle uh, of Jesus' birth were not the elite of the day or celebrities, but they were the shepherds, people who lived out on the hills making a meagre income, uh, and people who would certainly have known poverty in their lives. They were the first ones to be invited to come and worship um, Jesus. In fact, through the scriptures, interestingly, the metaphor of shepherd is generally used with with a sense of honour about it. It's used to teach us something important about how God um, wishes us to be with each other. In fact, Jesus' first address in his home synagogue in Nazareth, he used the opportunity to recall the words of Isaiah just a few chapters on from where we take our reading this morning. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, 
to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And it's worth noting that poverty in Jesus' time and in our own is not simply about the lack of material things, but about structures that cause people to become oppressed, which limit their opportunities in life. We saw this quite clearly in our series exploring encounters with Jesus in John's Gospel. We discovered the man who had been blind and lame for 38 years and was living by the pool of Bethsaida in Jerusalem by the sheep game. The man's blindness and lamelessness meant that he was limited to spending his days by the pool because society had excluded him. The man's illness meant that he couldn't take himself down to the pool when the waters were stirred and that he had no one else to help him do so. And the man was loaded with the stigma of being ill in a society which linked illness directly to sin. And when Jesus came and brought physical healing, so much more was restored to this man's life than his sight and the ability to walk. Poverty is the result of powerful social barriers that trap people and remove their ability to control their own circumstances. So let's go back to Isaiah 58. If you have your Bibles open, you might like to join me. Uh, I think it was page uh, 707, thank you. And if we go to before we started in verse 6 to verse 3, here we find God's people asking why the spiritual discipline of fasting, which was common in the temple, was not yielding the results um, that the people were looking for. People were searching for God's favor, and they were doing these spiritual disciplines such as fasting and prayer to try and induce, if you like, God's favor upon them. They wanted God to intervene in their society. And they become disenfranchised. They become disenfranchised that despite their prayer and fasting and lamentation, that actually they're not seeing God at work, or they don't appear to see God at work in their society. (coughs) And the answer to that lies in verse 6. That displays of piety to God that aren't accompanied by working for social transformation are simply unacceptable to God. The people are recovering from the effects of the Babylonian conquest. And that conquest has left them without strength and it's left them without adequate resources. It's left many living in poverty, and as you'll see from uh, the content of this morning's reading, it's left people without homes, clothes, and basic resources. Why should the church be involved in food banks, debt counselling, parish nurse, and job clubs? Why shouldn't we just focus on worship and gathering on a Sunday and gathering throughout the week to pray and intercede and to share communion um, and to worship God? Surely that is the role of, of the church. Well, we're challenged if that is our vision this morning. Because God is not interested in piety alone, but a people who will reveal actively his kingdom of justice and freedom. Although already we've seen through Food Bank and through other 
outreach projects Camborne Church is involved in, we've seen people not just be physically given provision, for example, emergency food aid, but we've seen people um, have a renewed strength that there's someone that they can, they can go to. We've seen people um, have conversations with us about faith and about God as a result of being involved in these different ministries. And so what starts off as basic provision of bare essentials becomes conversations about what life is all about for people who are struggling to survive. What is the uniqueness of the Christian faith in dealing with poverty? Why are we involved in these areas um, of outreach? It's God's concern for social responsibility and justice. A message that not only speaks to our souls and spirits, but also that speaks into the reality of people's lives as they exist in our community and communities across this country and the world. And in so doing, reveal the love, grace and acceptance, the life in Jesus Christ.